Amen. Just got a, a, a thought, and I, my whole purpose is to bless you, help you, encourage you. Amen. That when you leave this place, amen, that miracle that you need won't be an impossibility. Amen. It'll be within grasp. It'll be within reach a little closer. And, and so maybe we can lay claim. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not all happy, smiling, even though that's part of it. I think there will be the joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord. Amen. Is our strength. And so I want you to have joy. Amen. Amen. Was the, 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 the bishop, James, of the first church said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or various temptations. Now, I've never really reached that place yet. It takes me a little while when I get in trouble or get in a valley, amen, to be joyful. But there is a reason for that. We work on that. We're battling with the flesh. Somebody said, here's a common statement. Here's a common statement and get ready. Amen. By the way, our scripture's in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, verses one through two. But here's a common statement. Pastor, I'm, I'm happy. But happy, it's good, but that's not joy. You can be happy and not have joy. It's a common, I'm, 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 I'm happy. It's like, I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with that. It's, well, that's all right. That's a good, that's a good step in the right direction. But see, joy is, comes from the spirit of the Lord. You can be happy on a roller coaster or you can have fun on a roller coaster. Whee! You can feel good, but, but you can do all that and not have joy. Hallelujah. Amen. The joy of the Lord is what I hope and pray, amen, and bless you with today. Amen. And so maybe at least we'll throw a little reflection on that and help us out just a little bit. I see people who, who make it good, have good homes, good lives. You know, they, you know, they, they do pretty good, but they don't have joy. You learn how to read that after a while off of people. You just see it on their countenance. Amen. Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. I know there's a whole bunch of teaching and training and I'm taking it, most of us understand just a little bit about this setting. God's people had been taken into captivity and that's what happens. The enemy in type, at least the enemy, will take you as a prisoner. Amen. If you don't put God first, if you go off into idolatry, if you start losing your faith, faith starts away. It's what happens, okay? So it really happened literally. Amen. In Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, amen, verses one through two, but it came to pass that when Sanballat, he was the enemy. He was a type of the devil, all right? Type of the world. He heard that we builded the wall. When he heard about it, he was wroth. He was angry and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Does that sound like the world? Sound just like the enemy? Listen, we're always smaller, less in number. We have less money. We can't compete with the we can't compete with the world of the church world out there, the big big church world. We can't. If that's what you're looking for, you know God's church always has been a minority. I'm not I'm not preaching to be little. I want us to grow, but but we can't put that as a number one. We got to get a, a relationship with God. That's what we then then the growth will take care of itself. We can't just preach growth. You know, I won't go into all of that, but. That's the truth, all right? Because people are always bigger than us. 
have better everything than us, nicer buildings and facilities than us. So we're not in competition with that. But but it made it made Sanballat angry, indignation. He mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the armies, army of Samaria, and here's what he said. What do these feeble Jews, or what do they think they're doing? Will they for now remember they just got out of captivity, they just came out of bondage. And here they are back in their homeland and they're building a wall, all right? Amen. Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? In other words, they're gonna go back burning offerings again and all that smoke going up and everybody can see that. Will they make an end in a day? Will they accomplish this like in one day? Will they, re- Here's, and this is the part I want us to highlight, at least in our mind, and I want, I want us to understand something right here. Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? There's been destruction in this place. It's been torn down and torn up and we thought it was an end. We intended it to end all of this. But, but here they are back now building a wall around all this. Amen. And it makes the enemy mad. I may get on my notes and I may not. But I'm gonna tell you, when you make a start for God. I'm not talking about accepting Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not mocking those people. All right, I'm just simply saying, I'm, I'm talking about a genuine experience with God. Or at least that's what you're hungry for. And that's what you're seeking for. In other words, you're not playing church. You're in church because you want a life-changing experience. If you do, then the enemy's gonna stand against you. The world is gonna mock you. You won't fit in where you used to fit in. You're like Paul. I already quoted the scripture. Behold, all things have become, all things have passed away and all things have become new. When you take that stance and say, I'm a church person, I'm a Christian, I'm learning how to pray. In fact, some of you hadn't learned how to shout and run the aisles yet. It's gonna break out, amen, one day, amen, because there's something inside of you that wants to get out of there and shout with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Well, get ready. Get ready. The enemy is gonna stand against you and your carnal human reasoning will kick in if you don't pray right and act right. Amen. Amen. It'll kick in. It'll begin to tell you how silly this is or at least how unnecessary it is. Oh, you don't have to do all of that. Just get ready, get ready, amen. Look over, smile at somebody, amen. You don't have to tell them how handsome, how good looking they are. Amen, just smile, smile says it all. You may be seated, God bless you, glad you came today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is yet another Old Testament recording of a true story of God's people defying all of the odds in order to complete their mission, the very thing that God had called them. Let me tell you, folks, listen, God has a calling on every one of us. It may not be called to preach, amen, play an instrument, sing a special song. I don't know. You know, it may not even be to teach a Bible study, but I promise you there is a call of God on your life. He did not call you in this church to be a seat warmer. Amen. He called you in here to do something and you, that's folks who've been searching for their calling for years. I'm gonna tell you why that is. They think their calling is to 
preach the gospel and it never is working out, that's probably not your calling because your calling, the Bible tells us, will make room for itself. People envision themselves preaching to great crowds and you know where you start? You start in somebody's kitchen drinking their coffee over the kitchen table with a Bible study chart and your Bible in your hand, amen. And it starts there. By the way, amen, Brother Huntington, I still would rather teach a home Bible study in the, in the home of a hungry family that's, that, that's looking for truth, amen. I'd rather, I'd rather do that than preach a camp meeting. The big crowds don't bother me anymore and I don't care about it. That's not my calling. My calling is to go in a home, amen, and show you scriptures, amen, on baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost and repentance and learning how to be humble. Hallelujah, amen. So your calling is there, amen, and you need to find out what it is and then whatever it is. Who's that Martin Luther King Jr. said? He said, if you're just a little bush on the side of a hill, he said, be the best little bush that you can be. That may be, that may be what our calling is, just to be this. Let's not dream our way out of you know, our qualifications. Let's, 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 just, let's just be, and then if God wants you to, to, to be something else, then he'll open the door for that. Amen. But you know, we get confused, we get mixed up, you know, with you know, human nature and we always want to be on, and you know, you, you start reading these books and listen to some of these preachers. I mean, their heaven is right here. They're preaching that. Amen. Well, well my heaven is not here. I, I read where the disciples were stoned, beaten, imprisoned. You know, that, that's the early church. That was the example for us. And so we run up against a little problem and we get all defeated and we don't know what we're gonna do. We just change churches. That's like going to the doctor and he's, all the tests are coming back bad. And, you know, what are you going to do? I just changed doctors. That's, what, that's about the same, we laughing, but that's about the same sense it makes when you run against a problem, a situation you can't get around. You just change, find you a pastor that don't preach that way. All right? Amen. So, so we see it all lived out here. Amen. This all took place in history in 445 B.C., almost 100 years after a guy named Zerubbabel and, and a guy named Jeshua brought the first group. Now, they were in captivity in Babylon, taken in, taken as prisoners. And so, so they, had, they had different waves or groups that would come back to Jerusalem. They would be, some didn't want to come back. They were comfortable in Babylon. They lived, in other words, Babylon is a type of the world. They're, ta- they're happy where they are. You know, things are going well. We're getting by. We don't need all that church stuff. We don't need all of that, amen. Well, that's, that's part of the world. That's part of the way they look at it, amen. They'd rather, that's why that just real easy believism is so popular nowadays. You just, you don't have to do all of that. You accept the Lord and if you're a good person, God is good and, and you're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should, you know, boast. So, so that's much, our flesh loves that message. Mine does too but I can't find it in the scripture, amen. I can't find it, and that's what we're gonna be judged out of, amen. But, but, but Jerubbabel, you know, brought that first group back from Babylonian captivity. This was like 100 years later, amen. This first group of Jews rebuilt the temple, amen. So they got it built, and the altars put back together and built, and they dedicated it in, in the year 516 B.C. Jerusalem now has a temple, 
a place to worship and sacrifice. However, the walls, amen, were all crumbled down and crashed, amen, beaten down, amen. They were in despair. Now, the word came to Nehemiah uh, that the recently completed temple was, was vulnerable to the enemy. Now, we got a temple, we got all this, but, but the enemy can attack us now in, in, in Nehemiah 1 and 3. The report was brief and to the point. The remnant in Jerusalem was in trouble. That's basically, in our own words, that's basically what, you know, what, what was happening here. They, are, they need help. What do we need? We need a wall built around. You know, we could preach a message on walls, which it seems to me like, you know, the modern, even Christianity, and I'm picking on them today, but they are against walls. Don't build a wall. Listen, you know, if you, build a, if you plant a vineyard or a garden, you gotta put some protection around it. Now I used to. I've told you all about it. You know, in our part of the country, for many years, they they had a uh, what they call a stock law. They didn't have a stock law. It was open range, and and it was it was for the poor people who didn't have a lot of property. And if they had cows, if they had pigs or goats or whatever it was, they didn't have to put them in a pen. Because you ever drive down highways and see all the beautiful grass and everything? Listen, a cattle farmer can make a lot of money. He don't have to buy feed. He can just turn them loose on the highway. What about all the cars? Well, you better watch out. <laughs> That's what you better do. But in other words, if many, many years, the country roads in Louisiana, and I think even in Mississippi for a long time, they, they, uh, they would have signs up. It'd say, you know, watch out for, you know, uh, livestock. Because that was the poor person, the poor man could buy cattle. And, and so what did that mean? That means if you grew a garden or a crop, the cows and the pigs wasn't pinned up. So you had to put a fence around whatever you were growing. Instead of being in reverse, <laughs> you know, you, put a, you didn't have to put a pin, you didn't have to put a fence around your cow or your horse. You know, you could just turn him loose and he could roam all over the whole country where there wasn't a fence. Well, this is what, this is what and he could eat up everything he wanted to. That's what they eat, vegetables and... <laughs> Well, if you've got something from God, in fact, if you went to your computer or if you went to, you know, uh, your Strong's Concordance and you just write in the little word wall, just do that. That's a good one. Guess what? You, you might be surprised that the scriptures are on walls. Amen. In fact, I just took a couple down. Amen. Isaiah 16 18, thou shalt call thy walls salvation. That's supposed to be a wall. Now, not a literal wall. You're free to head out and do it, but, but you better build yourself some boundaries. You better say, you know what? I'm not going there. I'm not going to, you know, nobody's making a law about that. You know, you're, you're free. We're not going to be a police officer and check on you, how you dress, how you act, where you go. and where. That's not what we're going to do. But you need to do that. It's called convictions. Amen. Psalms 122 and 7 says, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. So, so there's got to be some boundaries, and who sets them? You set them. You guard yourself and protect what you got because the enemy will come right in. That's what was happening right here. They said, we got a temple, and that's good enough. And a place. No, no, it's not good enough. You better put a wall around that, and that's what the call and the cry went out. We've got to have protection here. Anything can't just waltz in here and walk in here. We got a wall. If you come in this place, you're going to come in through the gate. That's how you get in here. I'm just not letting this go. 
The people were living in fear, disgrace, and shame. I mean, this is a perfect description. I like to say it's a high-definition picture of what the world is. Amen. They look good. They dress nice. They drive, listen, and they drive nice cars. I'm talking about unsaved people, people that's out there in the world without God. Listen, they are miserable in their hearts. They're crushed. Amen. Hallelujah. Broken without fulfillment. Their problems are not imaginary, folks. They are real. Their pain is real. These good folks who go to work, pay home mortgages, car payments, they pay their taxes, they raise families, they are not fulfilled. You just trust me. Have you ever heard and watched people that pray through to the baptism of the Spirit when they finally surrender and they break out in that heavenly language, amen, that comes from the Spirit and when they finally come to themselves, somebody said that's way, way out there. I understand it is when you compare the world's doctrine to our, I understand that, it's peculiar and and the Bible said that we are a peculiar people and you see them come too, and they finally can have a conversation with you. Listen, I can't count the times that people tell me, this is what I've been looking for all of my life. I found it. Amen, but let me tell you something. Listen, you let that, listen, those of us that have experienced that, you, you just let the world, you take the wall down. You start letting human reasoning kick in. You let your neighbors, you join in with them and then you be like everything. Listen, everything, you put anything ahead of God. After a while, it won't make sense to you either. And you'll start justifying all. Listen, it's a work of the spirit. And if it's a work of the spirit, then we gotta kind of stay in the spirit. We gotta tag in and fill up. It's like, it's like my car. I can fill it up with gas and I can drive a while and I can say, you know what? I filled up with last week, I'm okay. But just keep on driving and see what happens. You will run out of fuel. But I filled it up. We could say that. I went to church. I got blessed. You got to do that again and again and again till it becomes a lifestyle. Hallelujah. And then when you, in the middle of the week, and this is when it's good, this is when we know, brother, in the middle of the week, like, I've got to get to church. I gotta get that, why? Because I'm running out of fuel. <laughs> I, need a, I need a boost, I need a renewing, I need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, amen. But folks have things, amen. The new house didn't give true satisfaction. You ever get a new car, you know, and you like, and you smell, and then you, in your mind, you're like, ooh, this is nice, don't I look good in this? You know, we used to have an old jalopy. You know, my dad had an old car and, I, and I'd see some of my school buddies and I'd just go down. And just... I hated to miss the bus and they had to take me to the bus that old wreck of a car. Man, I'm like, I don't want to, drop me off back right here, dad. But I, I, I get out right here. I didn't want anybody ever been there. You sure have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But you get that new car and you're like, man, this is nice, smells good. And then your mind goes to the, like ever how many years 
that you got, and you and you just get that feeling like, oh man, I gotta pay for this thing. What did I sign? What did I do that for? <laughs> Well, that's how it is in the world. You know, we, you know, it, it doesn't bring true satisfaction. Amen. That new car, amen. That smell, it fades away after a while. You know, you just, you know, it, you know, it just, it's it just not really. We thought we wanted it, and it was nice, but that didn't satisfy. Amen. In our text, Sanballat was angry and frustrated with the Jews, which in type is the church. All right. Amen. In his rant, he questioned, what do these feeble Jews, what are they up to? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? What what, what are they gonna do? Listen, speaking of stones, Jesus said in Luke 19 and 40, remember some of your mind already went there. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, Remember Palm Sunday? All the people were making noise. They got noisy about Jesus riding in on the donkey. Amen. And the the religious people said, you know, that's a little noisy. Could you make them be quiet and reverence you a little more and respect, you know? He said, said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. What that tells me is that somebody is gonna give praise to God. Somebody... It's gonna cry out to him. The stones will cry out. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel so under the influence right now of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Felt it last night when I was jotting these notes down. Amen. I said I feel like I'm under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The reason I'm feeling that is this. Amen. They are stones that are under the rubbish and under the rubble of this world, amen, of life. You can't seem, amen, uh, you can't seem to get out from under there. You can't seem to get a break. Well, that's what God specializes in. That's what all this was written about, amen. But folks, everything has been piled on, on your shoulders. I think I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost right to somebody, amen, that's just under attack right now. Let's ask ourselves a question here. Amen. Bobby and Connie, I preached a little bit to you yesterday. Just felt, that's why I felt like it's the Holy Ghost. Ask, let's ask ourselves a question. Who would be more apt to cry out to God or cry out to anyone else for that matter? The rich and the famous? Or the person that has ended up under the rubble of this life? Let me give you a scripture on that. Amen. Let me give you the answer to this question. The answer is this. Whichever one is the most humble. I mean, here, here's the scripture, James 4 and 6. God resists, y'all hear me. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let me tell you what. When I'm driving that new car, and the, and, the, and the note's been paid and I still got some money left and I got money left in my pocket. You think I'm humble? Come on, let's be real. When everything is well in my life, I still get a little twinge every once in a while. 
you know, I'm just cruising along. I'm just doing good. You know, you know, they cut me open and put four new bypasses in there, and I was all plugged up and whole deal. And and I'm talking about humble. <laughs> but see, I got through all that. You know, and the human nature is, man, I got it now. I can shout a little bit. I can dance a little bit. Not hurting it, but once in a while, I think it's a muscle. <laughs> But I'll get a twinge right in here and sometimes it starts in my back and it's right there where my heart is. And all of a sudden, all that cockiness, all that shin up in the air, all that Mr. Somebody, Sister Carol, all that, all everything's fine, all that quick judgment about somebody that ain't doing right and won't do right and I just just spit out, hey, you know, they need to be in church. They need to pay their tithes. You know, y'all don't know that, but that's kind of how, whether I say it or not, it comes out. All that's gone now. I'm like, ooh. And immediately after that, Brother Bobby is like, oh God, hallelujah. Oh Jesus, I love you, Lord. You know I love you, Lord. (laughs) Is that true or what? You know, we can set our jaw and be mad at somebody that did something to us and they did do it. They didn't crucify you though. They didn't drive nails in your hand. They didn't whip you with a cat of nine tails. They didn't put a crown of thorns down on your head. They didn't strip you naked and mock you. Oh, you got problems? I'm not playing it down. I'm just telling you Jesus had all of that happen to him and he still said, Father, for, that's the example. I don't know if you can do it or not, but at least you don't need to justify being mad. They did this to me. So what? Get used to it. The Bible said you'll be hated of all men. What for? For my name's sake. You ever get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? That's taking on his name. That's showing the whole world that there's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. No other name. It's the greatest weapon that we have. Amen. Faith in the name of Jesus Christ because we don't do it under our own name. We come against cancer and sickness and pain and family problems, relational problems. Amen. But we don't do it in our own words. We know that we're powerless, but we speak it, amen, in the name that's above every name. That's why mountains move. Not because of us. But, but, but remember what he said. He resists the proud. I remember one time my cousin uh, Bill Cotton was here Wednesday night. What a, what a good job he did. Just a humble guy. Retired now. But, but he stayed with I thought he was our brother, uh, older brother, when I was just a kid, little kid coming up because he was in our family. Uh, my mama took him in. His mother had died when he was, you know, just a small child. I think he was three weeks old. But I remember he had a, had a job and he had a car. And I remember I was two years older or so or three, maybe close to three. But, but, but he was going to the store back in those days. And he had the old black Dodge or Plymouth or whatever it was. And my mom said, Bill's going to the store. And I went, ah, I was running. Let's, we get pride when we're little kids. We have pride goes before destruction, the Bible said. And keep the scripture in mind. Amen. God will flee from that. He'll, he'll go the other direction from pride. He can't stand it. Amen. But I remember mom said, well, Bill's going to the store. And that was a big old deal back in those days. I might, he might get me a candy bar or something. And, I, and she said, go run. He's going, he's going out. So I'm running out. Ah, I'm running. I can remember part of this, bits and pieces of it. And I remember he's going down the hill, coming out. And so... And, and I guess he looked in his rearview mirror or heard me and he stopped and he opened the side door and he looked back and he said, well, come on. And by that time I had stopped. Anybody, I'm gonna relate to somebody right here. And I guess I was embarrassed. 
I was a little proud and I really what I wanted him to do is stop the car, get out and come pick me up and say, but he didn't. He said, well, come on, I'm waiting on you. And I just stood there. So he closed the door, drove on away. Well, I wish I'd have moved. I wanted to go to the store. Listen, life ain't gonna turn out like you want it to all the time. (laughs) But we need to get that pride under our feet. It will keep you from shouting. It'll keep you from running the aisles. It'll keep you from coming to the altar. Pride. Do you know every sin, every sin can be traced back to pride. Every sin, no matter it could be adultery, it could be stealing, everything. The very first sin, pride rose up in Lucifer. He said, I want to be, I want to be the same as him. I want to be just like God. Can't do that. That's one of the things you can't do. And look where he is. <laughs> Every sin. So think about it. If we get if we can say, you know what? You know, I, I, I just don't want to be in you know, listen, listen, we we treat people good here. We all come to the altar together. When I, was in, when I was coming into the church, guess what? Only the sinners came to the altar. Talk about being put, you had to really want it or you wouldn't get it. You had to walk the aisle all by yourself. And they called them sinners. Now that's, that's not, not politically correct now, you know, to call people, because we're all sinners, so you say, but I understand that, but that's what they called them back then. Is there any sinners in the house? Well, in our house, everybody stands up. You know, because, well, we, we, well, yeah. But that's not how they looked at it back then. So if you wanted the Holy Ghost or you wanted an experience or a touch from God, guess what? You had to come out of that seat all by yourself, Brother Rock. You know, I mean, let me just throw this in. I ain't not in my notes. But let me tell you, there's people who are so particular about who prays for them and whose breath smells bad and who touched them. And I know we got shouted. We got people that yell and scare new converts half to death. I've seen it happen over and over. Ah! Stop doing that. Go over there or back yonder somewhere to do all that because they already think we're about to offer them up. And then we come squeal in their ear. You know, stop it. But, but, but when you get hungry, I'm just talking to people who maybe need more of God and hungry. Listen, when you get hungry enough for God, you don't care who's praying, how loud they're praying. You don't care who touches you. You got one thing in mind. I've got to get something from God. If I have to go through that, I'll do it. Amen. Because I'm hungry. I'm sick of this world. Listen, this world don't treat us good, folks. We'll end up under the rubbish of this world with no way out. God's our way, though. Amen. We can get out of this thing. Amen. Folks, I'm expecting a breakout, Holy Ghost revival, amen, in the lives of individuals, but we gotta put our foot on the neck of pride. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me finish. Let me finish. I already asked you the question here. Amen. It's gonna be people that's in trouble. That's who's going to humble themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Humility and obedience always leads us to God. You know, if you've made a wrong decision, I'm going to tell you what hits the enemy right in the teeth. 
And we all do it. We all do it. Say, so, you know what? I, I just, I, I, uh, I was wrong in that area. I spoke out of turn. Now you can qualify it a little bit if you want to save a little bit of your pride. Well, I felt, I thought I was doing right. But I, I, I made a mistake. Forgive me. Now, pride's not going to do that. It will not do that. But if you're humble, a humble person, which God is drawn to that, a broken spirit, contrite heart, he would in no wise turn away. That's what the scripture tells us, what we're going by here. Amen. Listen, folks, I'm interested in one thing here. Amen. That the people receive everything that is available from God. And so we got to get rid of some things, build a wall or whatever it takes. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ, here's what it will do. It will bring a defining moment to your life. And that's what we're looking for. Listen, I remember when I first was filled with the Holy Ghost. But I remember some other times when I had wavered in God and failed God and I made my way back to the altar. God met me there just like he did the first time. But I had a few conditions, a few steps to take. Amen. Amen. But, but, but this, is, this is why it's so important for us not to water the message down. Listen, listen, you gotta understand this. We've been preached so much powder puff messages and preaching that we, that, that we don't understand totally how it is. You don't understand. It's intended. I'm talking about the word, the message of God. It's intended to bring conviction to our souls. You're supposed to, to be convicted of some things, all right? I mean, it's supposed to make us uncomfortable at times, Amen. you know? And, and, and we should see the need to change some things in our life. Remember, I preached it here a while back. You know, the old message of the 60s was when we was really breaking out liberal, it was the message, remember that? It was, it was you're all right and I'm all right. But the truth of the matter is you ain't all right and neither am I. Y'all wanna hear the truth, don't you? That's why we keep coming to church. That's why we keep coming to the altar. That's why we keep praising him. We gotta get filled up again. Hallelujah. I, I read a story of someone videoing a mother, I guess it was out in the wild, maybe on one of those uh, safaris or something. They were videoing uh, a mother giraffe and uh, she was kicking her newborn little baby giraffe that had that had uh, just been born, you know, and so it was still on the ground. You know, they, they're born, they can't walk, they're gangly legs and, and uh, you know, but but she kicked her little baby giraffe until it stood up on its feet. You see, a giraffe, a giraffe is not a domesticated animal. And what does that mean? That means it has predators that are not very far away waiting for just one moment of weakness. It's on the ground. It's vulnerable. Amen. Folks, let me tell you something. If we make it, we have to get up on our feet. Amen. We have to have our feet shod. Don't you lay down for the enemy. Don't you give up. Amen. Because the enemy is not very far away. He's going to take advantage of every little, I'm not letting him do that. If I get embarrassed, I'll just have to get embarrassed. I'll just have to confess. I, whatever it takes, 
I'm going to fight this fight, and me and God, hallelujah, we're going to make it through here. Amen. Hallelujah. And you will too. God's not pleased, and I'm going I'm to begin to close right now. God's not pleased with the American lifestyle. He's not. Let me point out, and some of this, uh, Mark Morgan preached and he touched on some of this a while back, but let me, let me say it again. Probably I've said it here before. Let me, let me point out what's actually happening in our society, and a lot of it's in our religious society. The re-imaging of God is what's taking place in our pulpits everywhere. Now, God was tough on idolatry. That's worshiping. He said, you know, put no other God before me. I've got to be, God won't play second fiddle to anybody. He won't play second fiddle to, uh, you know, uh, the ravens or the Orioles and all these other idols. It becomes, you know, we spend more time, you know, we spend more time and money doing all kind of things. Amen. God said, I'm not, that's idolatry. So he's not going to do this. He's not going to put up with it. But, 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 uh, when preachers change the gospel so that it will not convict, in other words, make it smooth, make it all right. Oh, you're all right and I'm all right. Now, if you're all right, I'm gonna encourage you and bless you. And I'm not, not trying not to beat you over the head. I'm gonna forgive you. But if, if, if what you're doing is wrong, then I'm held accountable, you know, to tell you the truth. Hallelujah. And what that does, it takes the smile off of our face sometimes. I know that's popular now. People are like, you know, just smile. It is a good, yeah, one of our, maybe the biggest, largest church in, in North America, you know. He's just, you know, the smiling, you know. Well, well, well let, me, let, me, let me see if I can just make this where we can understand this better. I mean, it's all about life here. It never, never nothing about submission and being humble and, Suffering. No, no, you just give your money and then you can be healthy and wealthy and smile all the time. We can all be rich. Well, this is not it, folks. There's a, there's a life after this. That's why Paul said if in this life we had hope only, we would be of all men. It don't matter how rich you are. He said we'd be of all men most miserable. So, so when you're in your test and in your valley, you have to envision, amen, a home beyond this. But, but people are not doing that. Preachers, you know, so I can, I can say a little bit about preachers. I'm, I like the guy said, I are one. <laughs> and so, but, but you have to, we have to sound the, the trumpet here on this. Amen. Now, I'm trying to figure out a way to, 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 to say this, but, but y'all know that I believe, I preach all the time. I just say it all the time. Christians, you can't be a Christian and not be nice and not be friendly and not speak to people. And, and, uh, and I believe we ought to smile. I, I believe that. I'm not preaching against that. But, but when my heart doctor, when he took me off that treadmill, <laughs> Brother Ruck stopped it immediately. I mean, that's the way to stop it. And I'm just, I'm just moving along up on that, that thing, Sister Debbie. I thought, man, this is pretty cool. I'm doing all right. I was kind of getting winded. But he said, he was watching those little meters. I was almost to have a heart attack. I didn't have one, but I was almost, according to him, to just fall over with a heart attack right there, according to what he was, his test. Well, guess what? When he told me that, he wasn't smiling. Does that make sense? Does that kind of, 
He, he, he wasn't like, you're about to die. No, that's how some people preach. <laughs> you know, it was serious business. And guess what? When he told me, when it finally soaked in, I wasn't smiling either. You know, I had that buckwheat look on my face. And that's what you do. Listen, there are some things that we laugh about and we have joy and we shout and we praise and we run the eye. So some things we ought to have a time to do that. Amen. But sometimes when it comes down to false doctrine and the world covered with rubble and rubbish of this world, we can't get out, then sometimes we do just like I'm doing right now. Hey, folks, we got to make a change here. We got to get victory over pride. We got to receive these blessings from God and the help from God. It's it, it just not a, it, and we'll laugh in a minute, all right, but it's just not a laughing matter. It, it, it's serious. You know, when I ran to the altar, well, I didn't run, it wasn't room to run in the little prayer house, prayer room that I was in. I just fell on my knees, amen, but there was no smiling matter. I was a sinner. The grace of God was being given to me who could never deserve this, never earned this, amen, and I just fell on my face and I began to weep to God. I wasn't laughing. So there comes a time, amen, we can be pleasant, we can have the joy of the Lord, but there comes a time we're like, you know what, I'm going to the altar, amen. You know, the enemy's been fighting me, my flesh also fights me with its pride, but I'm gonna go to the altar, I'm gonna take care of some things. Me and God, you know, and y'all have heard me tell the story over and over when they diagnosed me with cancer, amen, and I, and I was just kind of in a, you know, you know just kind of in a, a daze and a haze, and, and so about daylight the next morning, I mean, I just made my way over here, amen, and sat down on the altar. There was no music going. You know, that kind of helps us a little bit, amen, but here I, here I was, you know, I asked the doctor what kind of cancer it was, and he said, the kind that kills you. But I got here, and you know, my prayer wasn't, oh, God, thank you, Jesus, help you, help me, Lord, bless me, bless our, I didn't, none of that. Sit down right over here where I normally sit, and I said, God, hallelujah, Sister Joanne, feel a relationship right now. I said, God, me and you gotta have a talk today. I need your help. Now, if you want me to go on out of here, amen, that's, that's what we'll do. I just something like that. But God, if you want me to keep pastoring here and, and helping these people and blessing these people and bless, if you want, Lord, you you have to do something, God. That's when that's when prayers become sure enough communication to God. All of us, all of us can kind of get in a little ritual. Amen. Somebody said, Brother Nugent, my one of my mentors and, you know, followed after him for years and assisted him two times. And somebody said people were just praising and shouting, get ready for church to start in the prayer meeting. It's just like him, just like Brother Nugent. He's just a man that goes right to the point. And he was kind of quiet and, you know, in the prayer and people were just doing all kinds of things. And somebody overheard him, amen, as they're making their way up to the platform, out of the prayer room. He just simply said, oh God, we need a move of your spirit today. It wasn't playing. It wasn't just mouthing a bunch of stuff. Oh God, we need a move of your spirit in this service today. That's what it comes down to. I want the spirit just like a Pentecost. Amen, it came in like a rushing mighty wind. 
it filled all the house. You talk about getting the rubbish out of the way and lifting all of that weight, amen, and the rocks coming out and being revived and crying out to the Lord. You know why that's happening? Because there are churches that are as dead as a hammer. There's folks who don't want nobody to worship because they're afraid it might get out of hand. That's weak leadership, amen, amen. But we need a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost with everyone. I'm not trying to teach you how to shout. Listen, but I'm giving you liberty. Amen. We just need, listen, you ever watch Price is Right? They get excited about that new washer and dryer. You've seen them. In fact, they get almost a little ungodly. They kiss everybody. They just start kissing everybody because a washer and dryer. And if it's a convertible, Brother Bernie, if it's a convertible, <laughs> man, they go crazy over a convertible. Listen, we're talking about a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. You talk about, amen, shouting and giving praise. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Listen, I got a recipe. Amen, for things like that to happen. Isaiah 54, just gonna read you just a little bit of it. Somebody says, man, you know, I've just kind of been under the gun. You know, you know, I, I, you know I'm not trying to belittle that and diminish what you're going through. I'm, I'm not, but I do. Listen, I could tell all of our problems and just kind of leave you hanging there and you'd be worse, you know, better than, than when you got here. But, but, but we point out some situations and then we give a remedy for that. That's when, we, that's when it gets good. Isaiah 54, watch this. I just start reading in the very first, first part here and then we'll explain just a little bit and I'll do this in closing. Amen. Sing, oh barren. It didn't say sing all you that's got it all together. Right. Now, a barren woman was a disgrace. Amen. Yeah. In the Old Testament. If you didn't have kids, you were looked down upon. You weren't accepted in society. So it was popular to have a bunch of kids. It's popular to have a bunch of spiritual kids too. Like that's why we need revival around here. But this is what he said. He started out, and this is words from God. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Amen. You don't have any kids. You're under the rubbish and the rubble of this world. The pressures are down. Listen, I'm preaching right to somebody right now. Amen. You got trouble in your life. Here's what he said do. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Bible, folks. I'm, this is not some quiet religion here. It didn't start that way and it's not going to end that way. He's going to come back with a shout. Hallelujah. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. In other words, you know what? He said it's more people in trouble and it's more poor folks. It's more down and out people than they are people that's wealthy and doing well and have children. That's what he was pointing out. But he just gives them the He said, enlarge the place of thy tent. In other words, let's get ready to grow. Let's get ready, amen, for building. And Brother J.D., you should have been on that list a while ago and been praying for you. Amen, a man that knows about construction, knows about building. Amen, you need to be well, amen, to get that stuff down to perfection. Amen, when those contractors come out here and start pouring this slab and digging this foundation. Amen, we start remodeling. We need somebody, amen, to say, that's not right. We gotta do it this way. What, what are we talking about? I'm talking about enlarging, amen, the tent, stretching forth those cords. 
Hallelujah. Amen. This is what he said. Amen. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen the stakes. Let's drive these tent stakes down. Amen. A little further out. Amen. And a little deeper. Amen. Here's what he said, verse three. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. I'm talking to somebody that's up against it right now. I'm talking to somebody who's like, well, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. God didn't change his mind just because you got in a valley, because you're struggling with something. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. Listen, folks are gonna be coming from everywhere. You know, Brother Ruck, my wife mentioned that prophecy that you gave here about somebody coming down and putting a large amount of money on here. Amen. Right here on this platform. We didn't forget it and God didn't forget it. Once in a while I'm praying here all by myself and I remind God about that. God, amen. That was a prophecy straight from you, Lord. We accepted it. You're gonna give us the money to do what we need to do around here. Why? Because there's people that's under the rubbish of this world. Good people, not heathens, not ugly meat, no, good people. And they're waiting on us to get a place for them. Amen, amen, hallelujah. They're gonna come from the right and they're gonna come from the left hand. Hallelujah. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Watch this, little fear around here, and he, he deals with that. Fear not. Well, thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. You won't be confused anymore. Amen. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and thou shalt remember the reproach. Amen. Not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. Wouldn't it be nice, amen, just to forget about the mistakes and the situations that happened? In the, oh, the enemy wants to bring them up. And he will, but you gotta get your foot on it. You gotta get that behind you. Anybody feel a breakout revival here? Anybody feel that? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus. I said I feel a breakout revival in the name of the Lord. I feel healings. I feel deliverance. Amen. And listen, it's here whether I feel it or not. I hope you get to feeling it. I hope you act on it. You know what we ought to do right now? The word of the Lord has gone forth here. This whole scenario of building this wall of protection and all that, that that's for us. I mean, that's an Old Testament story here, but, but that's for us. Let's get the wall built. That's our protection. We don't let anything and everything in, all right? We let God do that. He takes care of that. Amen, amen. But, but ending, ending all of that, we've got protection. Now we can offer up sacrifices. We don't have to worry about the enemy coming in and destroying. We are protected. We are blessed. Amen. And he said, I'm going to send He said, go ahead and get, get ready to expand. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Amen. I already talked about it. Let me just be monotonous about this. Hallelujah. Amen. I can see those offices out of the way. Take them out. You know, I figured it just real quick the other night, real quick. Just rip those offices out right here. We have to put them in the new building. If that is, if we decide to keep this as a sanctuary, we don't know what we're gonna do with this platform. It's beautiful, but I'm just getting tired of looking at it. 
rip those walls out. Amen. You know, you can put almost, you can probably put a hundred, but probably 50 more people on that side and 50 more counting another row of seats down that way. We can put a hundred more people. This, there's a, there's 200, I think there's about 270 chairs out here already. That'd bring it up to 370 just by ripping those walls out. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we're talking about. That's how you have to think. You, you, you can't just look around here and say, well, this is it, and this is Christian. No, no, this is not it. Also, hey man, the guys put the, put the new tile, the tile beautiful, isn't that Jason and, and Brother Jerry put that down last Saturday? Tile's beautiful. Hey Amen. Right while we're building, right while I was watching them and getting in their way, you know, I did make them coffee a couple times. Amen. But I'm looking at the men's restroom right here. Amen. I said, you know what, Brother JD? I said, you know, it'd be easy to wrap that whole men's restroom out of there. And that would expand about nine or 10 more feet because it gets tight when all the guests are coming in and we're all leaving and we're like the fellowship. I can see 10 more feet or so right there in the foyer. Then we'll just put that new canopy out over the front where people can drive through and not get wet. Amen. When it rains or snows, Sister Carol, right there. We can make that beautiful. Amen. And then just go down the hallway and go right out into the brand new facilities that we build out here for Sunday school. Amen. Right down that right down that hallway right here. What are you doing? Amen. I'm expanding. I'm stretching the cords. I'm driving the stakes. I want you to get it in your mind. In July, amen, if we don't do anything else, we'll have this property paid off. Right here. Let me just tell you, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in getting you in debt up to here. I'm not interested in that. Amen. I I believe the Bible has some word on that. Amen. The borrower, amen, and the loaner. (laughs) The guy that borrows, he's the tail. And the guy that loans the money, he's the head. I'm not interested in being the tail. I'm not interested in being under that pressure. What are you talking about? I believe God's gonna help us raise the money and bring the money in. Don't worry, I'm not gonna have the profit in here for a while. Don't worry, amen. But that's what it's gonna come down to, amen. And we're gonna stack up some money and save some money, amen. And then we're gonna be building. The bulldozers are gonna be going. Not long ago, not long ago, somebody said, somebody said, man, that old back parking lot, it's all broken up, and then when you plow snow, we, we plow up chunks of pavement along with it. Somebody said, man, you know, you need to just go, it wouldn't take much to pull. I said, you know what? Pavement costs money, and I'm not interested in pouring brand new pavement out there that we're gonna have to tear up in just a little while. Wouldn't be, we'll just put up with that old parking lot because we're going to rip that up and build us a building. Amen. For the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And this community will see that there is a Jesus name, one God, apostolic church. Amen. In the community. Amen. And revival is about to break. Listen, you can't wait. Listen, those of you that are struggling, let me get back on that to say one last thing. You're struggling with stuff? Well, just join the crowd. I'm not, I'm not belittling you, amen, I'm not making fun of you. I, I wanna put my arm around you and hug you and weep with you and pray with you. I, listen, I'm just telling you, you gotta be like the little giraffe. You gotta, I'm kicking you right now. You gotta stand up on your feet. But here's how you have revival. Here's how you have personal revival. 
You don't wait till you get all that cleared out. Somebody hear me right now. You don't wait till you get rid of all this and get the bill paid and everybody. No, no. You just, you just have revival now. And then you let all that other stuff. No, you just shout now. You just praise now. You just repent now. You just run the aisle now. And God will come in and help us with those other things. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we give praise to you. We give praise to you. We give praise to you. Come on, sing, y'all. Hallelujah. Join with us. Come on, join with us. Spirit break out. Heaven come down. Hallelujah. We want to see 
Amen. Here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> Amen. Some of y'all ready to go. Amen. Some of you are willing to stay and want to stay. Amen. We're going to just keep worshiping a little while. Those of you that have to leave, you're welcome to go. But I just feel like, amen, there some of us are going to just stay around a little while. Amen. We want to build on this. We want to build on what God is saying today. Amen. Amen. We got to have a revival. We have a breakout. Amen. So I'm just not going to dismiss. No dismissing place right now. If you need prayer, if you want to help us pray. Amen. You can make your way around the front. Amen. Amen. Speak to somebody. Take somebody by the hand. Amen. Prophesy to them. Give them a word. They're going to be all right. Amen. God's going to help them. He's not going to let them down. Hallelujah. Bring your troubles. Bring your concerns. Bring your sicknesses. Come on, bring them to the altar. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just give him praise. Let's let our faith, let's let our faith be released right now.